0: The losses continue to pile up for the Anaheim Ducks. We'll talk about that and more on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks.
1: Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Welcome to this special weekend edition of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. I'm also the public address voice for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. As the beep goes off there, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase at GameTime. As I mentioned, I'm the PA voice here at AccraSure Arena. And we've got a bit to talk about on this special weekend edition. Why are we having a weekend edition of this podcast? As you may have noticed in the previous couple podcasts, I've had no electricity. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have a special late Saturday, early Sunday edition of Locked on Ducks, and there will be no show on Monday. We will talk once again on Tuesday or Wednesday, hopefully, depending on what happens with the electricity situation but I will keep y'all posted on that. But let's talk about the last game that took place Friday at the Ponda. Yeah. Do we have to talk about that? Yeah, I think we do because there was a bit to take away from that game. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from that game has to be defense. Now, more specifically, just missing assignments on defense. And the reason I want to talk about that was because even though it was a 3-1 to loss, it felt like it could have been a little bit worse. Maybe not a lot worse, but it felt like it could have been a little bit worse in the sense that there was some missed assignments. There was some bad plays that led up to each one of those goals. And I know we've talked about them in the past. And even though at the time I tweeted that Cam Fowler did look good, He's been progressively getting worse, especially on 5-on-5. Five five, and hat tip to Felix a card for showing the player card on this one. But Cam Fowler's even strength defense has gotten worse year by year. And this has been just cumulatively through this season where he has looked worse. Part of that has to do with he has had different defensive partners pretty much most of the season he started off with Jamie Drysdale got off with Jamie and then it's been a slew of different players after that and I think that's more confusing slash concerning for Cam Fowler because he's had to make up for some of his partner's mistakes he's had to make up for some of the shortcomings on who he's had playing defense also, the injuries have mounted for the Ducks in general this season. I'll talk about another injury later on in this podcast. But I think that's been something that's been hurting not just Cam Fowler, but most of the Ducks in general. And if you want to talk about someone that has struggled a bit on defense, um, Earl Vakonainen. Vakonainen has struggled at times defensively, especially in one of those goals where he just looked Utterly confused out there, and I even tweeted this. Like he looks confused out there, and McTavish lost on the man coverage, and that was on the game tying goal. That was the kind of goal that made me go a little bit nuts because Nikolai Ehlers he was kind of left open there. And I think Vakaninen missed his like like he missed his man. Because at the time it wasn't quite man-to-man. But it was kind of like a quasi-man-to-man. And then McTavish, he wound up getting lost out there. And all of a sudden, you saw Nikolai Ehlers just have a nice little shot from a pretty solid point in the ice. And it it was a good goal, don't get me wrong. But I think the miscommun... Actually, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. The miscommunication on defense, I think, is what cost the Ducks on that goal. Now, defensively, that second goal, the game-winning goal for Nate Schmidt, that one was just as bad. And, of course, that's the one that's his first of the season. Like, really. That one, I don't think I'm going to blame defense on that one. That one is just a little bit of bad luck. I mean, Mason McTavish blew a tire. And then the defense just got, like, really discombobulated at that point. That one, not as bad. That third goal. The power play goal. Ducks have had their issues on the penalty kill all season long. They've given up goal after goal on the power play. Now, I will give the Ducks some credit here. At least they only allowed one power play. I mean, hallelujah, the Ducks actually played with some discipline. And it was only the one power play for the Winnipeg Jets. That's the one that they scored their goal. So that's one for one. One one for one on the power play for Winnipeg and their PK just looked discombobulated through that whole time. So now there's concern about the penalty kill, but there's been concern about just these special teams in general. The Ducks special teams aren't looking good, but the penalty kill on defense, they're giving up power play goals left and right. They're among the league leaders right now in power play goals. And if I do a quick little look here. I can tell you that the Ducks, last time I checked, they were amongst the worst teams as far as allowing too many power play goals. That's bad. That has got to stop. And in fact, if I look at the penalty kill right now, in fact, yeah, the PK for the Anaheim Ducks right now is a not so good 79%. That's in the bottom half of the league. As far as power play goals are allowed this season the Ducks are not quite first not quite the San Jose Sharks have allowed 37 power play goals, not as bad Minnesota Wild, they've allowed 36 so have Montreal, the Anaheim Ducks they've allowed 34 power play goals so not quite the worst in the National Hockey League for what it's worth but they may as well be because they're right there on that so One thing they need to actually be very careful about is... Actually, I know what I want to say. They need to be careful with playing defensively on the neutral zone because this has happened a few times where they tend to get a little mixed up on changing lines. And this actually did happen on the second goal, the Nate Schmidt goal, is they kind of got caught a little bit in no man's land in the neutral zone now part of that was mason mctavish did lose an edge and that was a bad turnover but they still have to get back and play better transition defense otherwise they're going to keep allowing some pretty cheap goals and gibby's going to go for the taser all right we're going to head into the first intermission here i'll talk more about the game itself on the other side now, a word from the Game Time app. And folks, if you haven't used the Game Time app yet, what are you waiting for? I've used the Game Time app for several years. In fact, I have gotten plenty of fantastic tickets from that site. You can get baseball tickets, basketball tickets, hockey tickets. Yeah, all of that's there. They also have concerts. So if you're looking for the lowest prices, guaranteed, without the hassle of worrying about if your tickets are fake or not, or you know maybe you want some flash deals then you know what game time is right for you and in fact i will look at the next game for the anaheim ducks when they're playing the red wings and you got some pretty good zone deals for the detroit red wings game sunday night but to look even more forward how about you want to see the new york rangers sunday the 21st when they come back to the ponda after the road trip you know what some pretty fair prices there you got $42, $42 all in, and you got some flash deals as well. So, if you want to check it out for yourself, go to the Game Time app right now and use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Once again, download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, live from sure Arena in Palm Desert, California, where we are talking about the last Ducks game that took place on Friday. Yeah, okay. I was happy with the start of the game, but before we get to the game itself... I want to talk about what happened before the game. So I went on my little rant. I know about the no name goaltender and with good reason, I was still pretty heated about that. So got to give a hat tip here to Savannah who had one of the best shirts ever. She clapped back with a shirt that said, his name is Lukash Dostal. Yeah, that's his name. Lucas Dostal. Love the shirt. Even though he didn't get the start, I still love that she wore the shirt. So just wanted to give a little shout out and hat tip to Savannah on that one. One of the best shirts of all time. Now to the game itself. Now, I was pretty happy with the way the Ducks started this game. Um, they were breaking out on the zone pretty effectively. They were getting out on some pretty solid breaks here and there. And they looked like the team with the better energy to start off the game. And right away, you saw this from, you ready for this? The kids. Yeah. You, you've heard me say it several times. Let the kids play. And this was perfectly encapsulated on that Mason McTavish goal. That one just was a nice backhand shot. Just like little backhand, but a very effective backhand shot with a little bit of bite to it. And then you had Radko Gudis just shielding perfectly the goaltender, which was not hella buck, by the way. It was Lorenz Brossois. because this was the back end of a back to back. So Brossois got the start and he just got beat backhanded. Gudis with a nice screen. You got the apples from Alex Kalorn and the all star Frank Vitrano. Yeah, Frankie Vitrano. With the apple on that one. So one nothing Anaheim early in the game. In fact, they had a one nothing lead at the end of one period. Now, did I get ahead of myself thinking, oh my god, they're actually ahead by a goal, they could actually do something? Yeah, I, I admit. Part of me was like, yeah, let's go. But then we got the news that Max Jones went down to the tunnel after the last timeout in the first period. Bo Grew took his place. Then we later found out that Max Jones had an upper body injury and will not return to the game. You've got to be kidding me. Another injury for the Ducks. It seems like everyone's been getting hurt at random times this season. Leo Carlson, he's still going to be out for a while. And now Max Jones, he left with an injury. So the Ducks were a little bit shorthanded to finish off the game. Yeah, it was a little bit upsetting and it was a little bit disconcerting that you just had another player go down. And Max Jones seems to be someone that's gone down with injury, I don't want to say with relative regularity, but he has been hurt a couple of times over the past two seasons. Hopefully this is nothing that's going to be too big or won't have him out for a long time. And this after the Ducks just got Isaac Lundestrom back in the lineup. So you could see there was some concern. Second period, that's when things started to go a little bit south and a little bit bad. You saw the lines begin to change a little bit for the Ducks. Some lines had me confused during this game. Especially on the special teams. I was all confused with some of the lines that were out there in the third period. But second period, once Max Jones was out... Then I was like, okay, so Labushkin is going to go out with Lundestrom and Silverberg, maybe? Okay, that's that's a choice. And then later on, we saw a really kind of just like weird lines all together. I know we saw um, Kalorn kind of mix it up. Bo grew definitely mix it up. All of a sudden, all four lines are getting really mixed up towards the end of the second period. It, it was confusing, folks. It, it got very confusing to figure out if there was any kind of consistency with the lines. And in fact, there wasn't. So second period, Nikolai Ehlers shot it, tie game, one-to-one. That's when I began to get a little bit concerned there. Because that one came off of just a turnover. yeah. I mean, McTavish was lost. Defense did not look good. Gibby was ready to grab the taser at this point. And I wouldn't have blamed it whatsoever. You had and who was lost out there. Radko Gudis. I kind of wasn't sure what he was looking for, but it didn't look good. And then Kalorn, you know, tried to do his best to make up for the lost man coverage from McTavish. And Vitrano was on the opposite side, so I won't blame Vitrano at all. But it was still confusing either way. And that's what tied the game up. Then in the third period, things just got really shifty. Everything was discombobulated. Nate Schmidt scored off the turnover. Then Cole Perfetti scored on the power play for the Winnipeg Jets. All of a sudden, it is three to 3-1-1 and that wound up being the final score. Ducks lose their fourth game in a row, 3 to 1. This was a game that I feel like the Ducks probably would have done a little bit better if they didn't get injured. But also it felt like a game that could have gone the Ducks' way towards the end. But for most of the game, the Jets had their number. Now, did the Jets play a full 60 minutes? No, they did not. Did the Ducks play a whole 60? They did not either. That end-of-game flurry for the Ducks was kind of ridiculous. After the Jets scored their third goal, they played complete defense. The Ducks outshot them in that period, 16-7, to 7, but most of those shots came in the last five to six minutes. After that last TV timeout, that's when the Ducks pulled Gibby And that's when it became a firing squad. And the Ducks did have their chances. They did. But it was too little too late at that point. And why are you waiting until then to really start playing? It it was frustrating all the way around. It was. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission and go over some more odds and ends around the league. Stay locked in. Now, a brief word from FanDuel, that is right. The NFL regular season is wrapping up this weekend, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's many different ways to bet, like same-game parlays the new explore tab, make a parlay in the parlay hub. There's also futures and so much more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks once again Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And once again, you're locked in with Jason JD Hernandez. And we're just wrapping up here. So I'm going to very briefly talk about what's been talked about all across the National Hockey League. And that is Connor Bedard. Now, I'm kind of looking back at some of the tweets right now on my phone. And yeah, I have my opinion on that one. And the reason I want to talk about this is because, for all intents and purposes, this is the biggest story of the National Hockey League. Connor Bedard, now on the injured list with a fractured jaw. This was off of a particularly nasty hit from the New Jersey Devils. This was something that, when I first saw it, I thought, okay, it's not a particularly dirty hit. But it's not a complete... I mean, I don't want to say it was completely clean. I mean, it was a hard hit. It was. But I think players need to be a little bit careful here. Because, you know, you're going to have these kind of hits. And especially the Devils. Look, I've not hit my feelings about the Devils on this podcast in the past. But Brendan Smith took a big hit... On Connor Bedard and Brendan Smith you know paid the price for that afterwards but Connor Bedard immediately held his mouth went straight to the locker room he was out for the game and now on the injured reserve this after he was named an all-star my opinion on this it was a hard hit I think the league needs to be a little bit careful about policing these hits, but also they need to be careful that we don't have too many more injuries because that's really what it's about is guys don't want to get injured. At the same token, young players need to kind of be a little bit aware of this because you are going to have some bigger guys in the league, some much bigger guys. And the Devils are infamous for this. Um, Need I remind you, Ducks fans, about Scott Stevens and Paul Correa. I mean, that was a bad hit. That was a pretty dirty hit. This one, not as bad. But still, I think that should have warranted maybe some kind of penalty. Because he kind of led up a little bit. It looked like it was a little bit of an elbow extension. But, oh man, just just a bad hit all around. That's something that I never want to see in this game. Especially with skill guys. Like a Bedard. Like a Zegris. I mean, Zegris has been headhunted from time to time. And that's something that's got to come out of the game. I'll also remind you of the injury to Troy Terry. A few seasons ago. That was a bad one too. So I'm more of the opinion that... I don't want to see skilled guys get injured, and I never want to see those kind of players have their careers derailed. That's something you don't want to see. And I, f- I feel for Connor. I feel for Connor Bedard. Because to have his game elevated the way it has the past few months, and then to go down like that, it's just a bad look for the league, especially on a much-hated team like the New Jersey frickin' Devils. That, that's my piece. That's what I'm going to say about that. All right. Uh, a couple more notes here and there that I want to get to. Um, as I mentioned, the Ducks have lost four in a row. Trade deadline is coming in a few weeks. Um, standings right now, because I actually haven't done this in a while. The West is pretty wide open because all of a sudden, the Winnipeg Jets, they got 54 points. You ready for this? The Winnipeg Jets have the best record in the National Hockey League. Let me repeat that for everyone in the back. The Winnipeg Jets have the best record in the National Hockey League. They've been hot all season long. All year long. In fact, this little nugget from Mike Kelly. You ready for this? The Winnipeg Jets have now allowed three goals or less in 28 straight games. The only streak longer since the NHL expanded in 67 was the 2014-15 Minnesota Wild at 35 games. And do I have someone podcast bombing me right here? You know what? Get get in here for a couple minutes. Get in here because why uh, not? Sir,
1: the bar closed at 3.30 and you were born after 2003.
0: We need to go now. <laughs> Security? <laughs> you know come come in here. You're you're part of the podcast now. You know, I've podcast bombed folks, so you're gonna podcast bomb here. So uh folks, we have Kyle Serra here, the videographer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds Should and a, wearing a storm. Sure. And a long time ducks fan. So Kyle, first off, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How long have you been a ducks fan if you want to get closer to the mic? Well
1: see here, Jason. Um, I'd say I started actually paying attention to the Mighty Ducks around 2000, around when they first got J.S. gear. Ooh. because back in my old neighborhood, we played Merle hockey and I was always the goaltender and I was, I would always emulate J.S. Jagir. So he was my guy. Uh, luckily three years later, they made it to the playoffs, albeit within one, one game. game of winning, of wing at, wing at all.
0: The team, the team that we hate. Yes. Go ahead and say it. The New Jersey Devils. And which player do we hate? Scott Stevens. Yeah. Still hate him. hmm
1: <laughs> Anyway, continue. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, they became the Anaheim Ducks in 07. Won the Cup in 07. Thank you, Henry and Susan Samueli. Uh, and, well... I definitely will say J.S. Gear is my all-time favorite player. Oh. And I believe I posed this question to you maybe a few episodes ago. I'm yeah. I'm not sure if you posted, it I to did. your audience here. I did. Who will be the next number retired?
0: Me personally, it's got to be J.S. Gear number 35. And I agree with that. I'm surprised it has not been retired already. Right. Because he was vital for two cup runs. Ne- mm-hmm. Need to remind everyone. He's the last player to win the Conn Smythe that did not win back in 2003. Do we remember that historic run in 03 where he
1: shut out the uh, Detroit Red Wings, the defending champions in the first round? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars, six games, held the Minnesota Wild to one goal (laughs) in all four games in round three. And then took the Ducks to seven games in the finals. Yeah, the stupid Devils. How does that not deserve a retired number?
0: That alone can deserve a retired number. Then you go to 2007, and he just blitzed everyone after yeah. that. They gave them. They pretty much gave them the cup when the season
1: started, especially with the uh, the acquisition of Chris Pronger at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season. There. Yep. I predict within two years, his number is going to be up in the rafters.
0: I give it one year. Okay. I was hoping it would be retired this season because anniversary season. Mm. That's what I was hoping. That makes sense. Now we're wrapping up here, but I was actually just talking about my hate for the Devils because the big story in the league was the Connor Bedard hit that took place earlier this week.
1: Fortunately, I did not see that, but I did hear that. Uh, what he has a broken jaw. Broken
0: jaw. So he's out for a while. Be well soon, Connor. Yeah, no kidding. But, I mean, I'll actually ask your opinion. Sure. What's your take on some of these bad hits that we've been seeing across the league just in general to these skill players? What do you mean? Like, are they happening too often? Are they happening too often? Do you think that we need to police differently? No, because if you think about it, the way that we saw hits
1: when you and I were growing up, they were, they came in like truckloads. Yeah. They were in abundance back then. Nowadays they police it better to where I think we're seeing fewer of them. Um, I think the ones that are coming nowadays are just, you know, unfortunate. Unfortunately, this is nothing that, uh, this is not a clip I've seen yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my
0: take. Do you have it? I do have it and I'm going and I'm going to show it to Kyle very quickly because we're we're doing this live folks. We're just going to you know just keep talking here because at this point of the podcast it's whatever but we'll do it live. <laughs> we'll we'll do it live. But Oof. there's the hit to if you want to get closer to the mic because you're actually low on this end. So Connor Bedard immediately left the ice. Mm-hmm. Again, the Devils who we hate. And Watch then so everybody pile the driving. Of course it's the Devils. I mean... Look. Is this Scott Stevens' son or something? <laughs> it may as well be. Look, <laughs> Ducks fans know my hatred for Scott Stevens. They oh, he's do. He's pushing his
1: jaw and everything.
0: Yeah, so he knew it right away. Ouch. Now, good, good for Felino for stepping in and trying to do something about it. Right. But the hit itself, and they will replay it right now... I don't know if it was a supremely I mean it's a little high yes but he wasn't blindsided by it by
1: it he had the puck it wasn't it wasn't a dirty hit um, honestly and it pains me to say this I don't really see that much fault on uh, who hit him number two. Yeah. In the Devils? Yeah. It just seemed like it was just an unfortunate hit. So the thing he did he
0: did dip the shoulder and he did extend the elbow a little bit. Right.
1: But it wasn't a late hit. He still had possession of the puck. Yeah, it and was that was in transition too.
0: That was Brendan Smith, by the way. That did the hit. Gotcha. If I want to get closer, okay. still. Um, so this it's a tough one. I did say it's not completely dirty. Yeah. He did extend a little bit he did i don't think
1: i don't think if the league is going to review this i think they'll say that he didn't wind up enough for right it to be that much of of an intentional hit because if if he had another second and a half where he could wind up even more and get really into his head then it would have been a match i think so so it's i feel like it's an unfortunate hit um again hope You know, uh, Connor Bernard to to a speedy recovery. Um, I think hits like that can be reviewed, but I don't think they necessarily need to be
0: policed more. And this is what I have trouble with. With this particular hit, I'm having trouble with it because it wasn't an egregious hit. No. And I also did mention that players also need to be aware of those kind of blindside hits like a scott stevens right you know that one that one was a bad blindside hit Mm -hmm. this one wasn't as bad no but do you agree that players still need to be aware of this oh yeah i'm sure i'm not sure
1: if you know teams have their own like awareness drills that they run during practice i'm sure they do uh from what i saw in the clip Mm -hmm. You know, Connor Bedard had a, enough time to look and see the hit, but it wasn't that much in time. So,
0: yeah, it, it was a tough one. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up here because we gotta get out of here. But once again, live from AcroSure Arena, and you know what? I'll yeah, I'll give you a shout out here. So, where can the folks find you on the social medias <laughs> and all that jazz?
1: Well, Jason, they can find me at the KDKS Show on. Uh, what's it called? X now X twix, Twitter X, uh, and also Instagram, the KDKS show with two S's. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash KDKS underscore TV. Um, you can listen to my dormant podcast, the trivia tavern, (laughs) wherever you get your podcasts. There are new episodes coming soon when I have the time. Uh and for those of you in the valley you can catch me at every home game here at Aquashure Arena in Palm Desert, California. They can catch me here too. By the way. Yeah, I guess you can catch this guy. <laughs> you may hear his voice every every now and then. Yeah, catch this guy Jason Hernandez, excuse me, Hernandez, the public address announce the humble public address announcer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. I can't believe you did that. It is <laughs> fancy schmancy seattle kraken winter classic
0: jersey i mean they know that i went to the winter classic so yeah, you did. i did it was it was a good time
1: lucky bastard
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on the site formerly known as twitter at stimpy and the show's formerly known as twitter is at lo underscore ducks and if they want to drop me a line and ask a question i'll do a mailbag again eventually Locked on Anaheim Ducks at gmail.com, or you could just text me if you have my number because people have been doing that Ooh, too. Really? I'm going to text you right <laughs> now. And what else? Oh, this podcast is available on Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey. It's on Apple and Google Podcasts. It's ad free on Amazon. So, hey, no ads. He actually texted me, folks. He actually texted, hey, ad free on Amazon. Also on Sirius XM. Woo! What else? Oh, hey, uh, Phil Hewlett, shout out. Phil it shout out, buddy. Anaheim Ducks goal! But also Firebirds goal!
1: You'll hear that every home game.
0: Sometimes a lot. Yes. What else? Oh, um, also YouTube, so subscribe there. And also, also, check out the 24-7 YouTube channel for Locked On Sports. So check us out. All right. Got to get out of here, huh? Sure. We got to go. All right. Stay locked on. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, that's Kyle Sarah. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the weekend. (laughs) Please remember to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks, fly together.